What's up with that? Welcome back to another episode on top of another episode, number 56, from me, Craig. My scenario, the Honeycut scenario, coffee with friends. Here's to you as we take a sip from the sacred bean. Mm. Life on planet Earth. It's a gorgeous day here on the Outer Banks. Uh, Once again, it's June. The weather is really sweet right now. The winds are sweet. We had a little bit of a tropical system head out to sea and cross our path hundreds of miles out into the Atlantic, and it created for some windy, choppy conditions. Uh, But it's still very gorgeous. You just can't swim right now in the ocean because you have to respect the ocean because the ocean's vast and dynamic and gorgeous and dangerous and life-giving and life-taking, just like life itself. Water people on a water planet, as my friend Hunster likes to say. Um, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that uh, it's just me having a conversation with you. And as summer picks up, I wanted to be more consistent, uh, more talkative with you all, because we had a little bit of a burp in May. Uh, It was an active spring, a lot going on, ups and downs, all arounds, and we're in a good place right now. I wanted to talk a little bit today about Down the Hatch. Uh, I mentioned it in my last podcast, and I've talked about my friend Pat McGee in some previous podcasts because he opened for uh, the band Everything. We've known him for a long time. We opened for him back in 2019 when we were just getting restarted. And uh, Pat McGee is a very talented singer, songwriter, band leader, entrepreneur in the music scene, uh, originally from Richmond, uh, went to Longwood College in Virginia, but he lives in Rhode Island right now. And Pat uh, started an event 14 years ago called Down the Hatch, and it's here on the Outer Banks. He takes over a hotel. He takes over the Ramada, or it takes over a big chunk of it. He sells about 300 tickets. Uh, He does it for four days, and it's music on the beach from 11 to 6, and then music inside in a ballroom, more bigger rock setup from like 8 to midnight, and then silent disco one night till the wee hours. And it's an immersive event. And what's interesting about Down the Hatch is that Pat McGee has been at the forefront of intimate experiential events. And, you know, since he started doing it 14 years ago, a lot of people have been doing sort of like super fan events, right? Where you cultivate your audience and then you sell limited tickets for an immersive experience where you get to go and be with your favorite bands. And it's really grown Uh, there's like cruises around bands and styles of music and, uh, Cheryl and Bill Bunce do Bunceroo down here with, uh, like Carbon Leaf and some other bands. And, uh, you know, there's more and more of these types of things happening, just almost like going on a yoga retreat. You go on like a music retreat and then, you know, there's like reggae festivals that are like kind of smaller and curated and people will go have, it's like destination experiences. Right. Um, and so Pat has been. Uh, at the forefront of this, like he was doing it kind of before other people were doing it. And I've gotten to know the event over the years living down here. And as if I, as I've leaned back into my music career, 
uh, it's been interesting to see and get to know Pat and like how he has developed his skill set. Um, so kind of a little bit of history, which is cool, is that so we've known Pat McGee since the 90s. So when my band was coming up, the band Everything, uh, we came up in like what they call the DIY era. So the the 90s. So that was bands like Dave Matthews and Hootie and Fish and Blues Traveler and even John Mayer. Um, the whole uh, Greg Latterman scene, the Aware compilations. Uh, gosh, the samples, I mean, so many bands like Guster and bands that built businesses and fan bases on their own, like we did. So, you know, it's like recording CDs, starting with early mailing lists, getting into email lists, cultivating fans, being on the road, selling merchandise, selling albums and cultivating your own brand. And, you know, at the time, there was still this desire to get a record deal because it was like the upload into the mass canons of culture uh, for ubiquity. But it's fraught with peril because it's not necessarily organic and building a brand is organic. And so it's interesting to see Pat have down the hatch, which is a very connected fan base and familial type of environment. And knowing that in the 90s, we were curating that connection with friends who became fans. And what's interesting is I have gone through old everything fan mail. Like we have boxes of the original fan mail from the 90s. And we have stuff from like 93, 94, 95, and and just stacks of mail of people who took the time to sit down and handwrite letters to us, kind of just talking about how meaningful the experience of having us come play and, and spend time with them was. So early on, it was like essentially college kids writing college kids a letter saying, thanks for coming and hanging out and partying with us. And it's amazing to see that connectivity because I was so busy trying to be ambitious that I participated in all of that, but I didn't really feel necessarily the depth of what actually was happening. And then, you know, now you're seeing these experiential events where people are paying money to have that connectivity to see someone like Pat being at the forefront of that. And then for me to participate very deeply with as a fan and a friend these last four days um, was really, really cool to see. Um, so, you know, that was very significant for me. And so I kind of just talking a little bit about the structure of the event. Um, it's four days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's down here. And like, they have pretty much like outside on the beach or on the deck music, like early, I think it started Wednesday at like five, but most days it's like 11 to six. People set up beach umbrellas out on the beach. The performers stand in the sand with the ocean as the background and people just chill out on the beach and listen to singer songwriters play acoustically. Uh, and then at night there's all kinds of collaborations playing on stage, you know, inside a ballroom, more of like a, you know, kind of a traditional intimate rock show. Um, and then, you know, mornings, Thursday, Friday, Saturday mornings, you have like exercise, meditation. I taught yoga Saturday morning and it's essentially an all day affair with, you know, 300 people who are connected there. And there's like stories of people like forming relationships and getting married and people see each other year after year. So it's a really interesting community. And what's even cooler is that Pat has also, it's about other musicians. It's not just about him and it's cool. So I'm going to give you the list of musicians that played. So Pat McGee obviously played. 
Um, Sean Mullins played, and I actually posted some stuff on my social media, that Sean Mullins was sort of a 90s one-hit, mass-hit person uh, a few years ahead of us. So Sean Mullen had the famous song Lullaby, which is a runaway number one hit. Um, and Sean's just been a troubadour his whole life. And I love people who have tasted success and they they play for life regardless. And that's really important as a musician because it's a practice. It's a discipline. It is a life path. It is something that if you are a lifer, you will always do regardless of where you do it. And Sean Mullins really embodies that. So Michael Tolsher, Brian Dunn, Tony Luca, Jason Adamo, Ricky Duran, Steve Everett, Adam Ezra Group, Reeve Coobs, 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 Reeve Coobs, Kalen and Aslin, Fast River, Patrick McAloon, Ruby Mac, Dan Rodriguez, Kerry Brockwell, and Jonathan Brian Williams. Um, and so I've had interactions with different musicians. I know some of them, um, all very talented. Some of them have had uh, hit songs, some write for other people. Some are touring musicians, but very high quality, right? People can sing well. They can play well. Um, the audience knows their songs and sings along. Um, there's a good vibe of inclusion and collaboration and camaraderie. And that's something I've really appreciated because I, I brought uh, Trisha and Vera out on Saturday and it was a gorgeous day. And I had Vera boogie boarding out there in the waves because the ocean was perfect. And it's just one of those those afternoons. And like I think when Trisha came, it was like Tony Luca was playing and he's got a really great voice. And then Steve Everett played and, and it's interesting. Steve Everett is a a uh, cat out of North Carolina here lives in Nashville and he he kind of writes some kind of country-ish like really big choruses which is kind of fun to hear in the summer. Um but I just had that moment of like oh one thing I miss about my path on the road is the camaraderie. The camaraderie of just people on the path sharing art, collectivizing and and vibing out. And it was nice to be included. It was nice to to feel that. Um so that's great. And and one of the things too that I, I wanted I talk about with, with Pat is that like he's a gifted singer songwriter, but he's just he's a gifted entrepreneur. And anybody in show business knows that you you have to be great at a lot of stuff in order to put the show on, right? It's not just getting up and singing and playing, but if you're the leader, you gotta like get sound together and lights, you gotta get people together, you gotta hire the you know, just so many you're running a business, right? You're you have a whole thing going on. And a couple of shout outs for from his scene. One is this uh, uh, cat, Patrick McAloon. And I've gotten to know Patrick McAloon because he's uh, um, in Pat's band right now. He lives up in R- Rhode Island with Pat as well. And and Pat, I was joking that Patrick McAloon, there's like three of them because he's he's everywhere. He's on stage playing. He's singing. He's accompanying. His daughter, Ruby Mac, is uh, also performing. Um I saw Patrick McAloon like running sound during the day. Like he drove a lot of the equipment down from Rhode Island. He helps put the event on. Uh, he helps with the merchandise. Like he kind of like has his hands in all kinds of stuff. I've seen him posting about like streaming technology. And I, I anybody who knows me knows that I really appreciate a Renaissance person. And Pat Patrick McAloon is a Renaissance person uh, and is awesome. And both that whole crew, like they have been very supportive. I mean, even during the Hamilton show, um, we needed to order some hats. We were a little bit late. So Pat McGee helped stepped in and he had Patrick McAloon step in with some of his people. And we had hats turned around really quickly. And it's like things like that that are just solid, right? In this world 
when you can have camaraderie and people who are multifaceted, multi-talented and solid and helpful, that's just a really great thing. Because it seems like it's so easy to get on social media or pay attention and go, oh, this world's broken. It's falling apart. It's only chaos. Oh, this country's broken. You know, all of these things, which like, yeah, I get the sentiment. There are things that are broken about society. But if you look at history and if you study even like Civil War era where people are freaking dying of like dysentery, typhus, typhoid, smallpox, scarlet fever, TB, like all this crap. Like we're not, we, we're just not dealing with that in, especially in this country with that at all. And I think that having an experience with other musicians and the collective community of cooperation and people who are helpful and talented, well, that's awesome. Um, so I wanted to give him a shout out. And then the other shout out goes to Jonathan Brian Williams, who I've known for many years because uh, he's played with Pat. And it was funny because when we were having Pat about to open up for us, Pat was like, oh, man, you know, uh, Jonathan totally like was like, yeah, dude, he's not going to be able to like go on tour anymore because he's living down near Atlantic Beach and he just like became a cop. It's like, whoa. And he's like 40 something, 45, 46, like on that second half of his 40s. And he just felt the calling to change. And he went down and went to police academy. And now he's a police officer down there, which I spoke with him about it because he was on stage playing. He came up for the event and he's got a great voice. Like he was singing some Van Morrison, talented musician, like really great. And I was like, look at that. That's awesome. This guy's talented. He's, you know, done his thing on the road. And it's like, he's a He's chosen to serve, right? And that's not an easy place to be. It's a You've put yourself in the line of fire, especially in this crazy world, to stand up and say, hey, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step into this role. And I thought that was, hey, that police department is lucky to have that guy because he's an empathetic person. And I think that people who can practice empathy is really important for this world because the world needs empathy. Um, so here's to empathy, here's to down the hatch, here's to music, here's to all the great singer, songwriters, and musicians I got to hang out with. Here's to Pat McGee and Patrick McAloon. Um, here's to you. I hope wherever you are, you're having fun, that you're having good experiences. You're learning some shit in the right way, hopefully. And that's what I know right now. Until we talk again, here's to you.